0: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show and do not represent those of Tenderfoot TV and Resonate Recordings. All individuals described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matter such as violence and graphic descriptions, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So the purpose of this episode is to give a little more insight into the case at the center of season two, that being the murder of Brittany Stikes and her unborn child. I figured there's no better way of doing that than speaking with a local, someone who has spent a lot of time following this case, much more than I have. And if you've listened to our first two episodes, you probably know the local I'm talking about. And that's our very own producer, Jessica Knoll. Hi, Jessica.
2: Hi, Dennis.
1: Thanks for uh, sitting down with me and doing this.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Can you please tell the audience a little more about yourself?
2: So my name is Jessica Knoll. I'm an investigative journalist, and I've been a journalist for a little over 20 years now. And around 2018 or so, I actually pivoted my focus solely to podcasts and true crime. Over the years, though, I've always wanted to cover and have covered several unsolved and cold cases. There's just something about digging into the cases and talking to the families and the investigators that really appeals to me because it's a call to action for the audience to do something and hopefully bring some answers and some justice to those involved and close these cases.
1: So On that note, can you just tell me, sort of as an insider and as a local to this case, do you remember where you were living when this happened about nine years ago? Can you just kind of describe that?
2: Yeah, I was living right where I'm sitting right now in Georgetown, which is the county seat for Brown County where this happened, and 68 is maybe a five minute drive from here and where it happened on 68 is maybe 10 minutes away from me and it's actually a main thoroughfare for this county for people to get from place to place so i actually drive right past where it happened and now her memorial on a weekly basis my husband refreshed my memory of what was going on at that time And he had actually gone down to a convenience store close to our house in town, and everyone was talking about someone being shot on 68. And I was working in Cincinnati in a TV newsroom as a reporter, and he obviously immediately called me to tell me what was going on. I believe he thinks that our TV station actually broke the news of Britney's shooting happening. So that's where I was. I was working as a journalist here in Cincinnati and it's an unbelievable case to happen here.
1: Well, that's a neat detail about you working in the station and hearing the news that way and then the station breaking it. I actually did not know that. So I'm glad your husband remembered that detail. On that note, though, can you just tell me what the reaction to this was in town, the people you spoke with. Does this kind of thing happen here? Does Brown County have murders often? Tell me a little more about that.
2: I mean, no. Brown County is a rural county, a lot of farms. We don't have this type of crime happening here. This isn't like a big city or a metropolis where shootings may be an everyday occurrence. This was you know, stop the presses kind of thing. It was an absolute shock. And it was also frightening because at one point it was like, well, was this random? Was this just a roadside shooting? Could this happen to any of us? You know, going into this podcast, we're trying to dig into that and try to figure out, is this random or was it, you know, a purposeful shooting? But as far as being local, It blew us away, and it was frightening to have this happen here. In Brown County, the crimes that we have here, a lot of them actually center more around drug usage. We actually have a a drug task force that was formed for that. And having myself covered the heroin epidemic throughout Ohio and Kentucky for many years— that's what I see here and have been told by law enforcement that that is one of our biggest crimes that occur here in this county. Murders, no. And shootings, certainly not. And I mean, I can actually count on one hand how many shootings or murders that I can think of in the entire county. Brown County is like the quintessential small town so everyone kind of knows everyone and everyone knows everyone's business. And the fact that we didn't know what happened here was very unsettling. What's interesting to me is a lot of people still don't necessarily remember the name Britney Stykes, but as soon as you say the yellow Jeep with the woman who was shot on 68, everyone knows because it was a very identifiable vehicle, which we'll get into in this podcast.
1: Did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? As the days get longer this spring, protect your home with Safe. It's the award-winning home security I use and recommend. I'm relieved to know that while my days get longer and longer this month, and my family and I are starting to venture back into the outdoors to enjoy the spring weather... I won't have to sweat about whether or not my home is protected because I know that Safe has my back. There's a reason they were named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News & World Report and recognized for Best Customer Service and Home Security by Newsweek. Simply Safe's advanced technology keeps every room of my house protected. And if my cameras and alarms aren't enough to deter a thief, then I can trust in their 24-7 professional monitoring for fast emergency response. At just half the cost of traditional home security. We're talking less than a dollar a day. You really can't beat it. Do yourself a favor, protect your home today. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit SimplySafe.com slash culpable. That's simplysafe.com slash
3: culpable. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Obviously, when news of a murder breaks, there can be a lot of gossip within a town, especially in a small town like this. Can you tell me that just in a normal day in town or in the years that have passed? Like, do people tend to want to talk about this case and tell you things they've heard? Or or do people kind of shy away from that?
2: Well, it depends, Dennis, if we're talking about Jessica the journalist or Jessica the local, because (laughs) it has been in my experience working on this podcast, people tend to shy away from speaking on the record or being recorded about their thoughts and theories of what happened. But if we're talking about Jessica the local sitting in her beauty parlor, it's more like the steel magnolia setting you bring up her name and it is everyone talking about what they think happened who they think did it why and again everyone knows everyone so there's little nuggets and pieces to this crime that everyone has some sort of relation to which is something else that i have found as we've been investigating this case ourselves
1: and obviously i'd love to get into just some of the things you've heard on this. But quickly, before we get into that, though, could you just give the audience just a quick recap of the case? Obviously, we know some of it, having released two episodes now. But yeah, if you could just give a quick recap on the murder of Brittany Stikes, that'd be great.
2: Yeah. On August 28th, 2013, Brittany, who was pregnant, was driving her husband Shane's yellow Jeep with her daughter Aubrey and they were driving from the neighboring couple towns over from her mother-in-law's house through Georgetown and to 68 on her way to celebrate her dad's birthday. When she was on 68, just south of Gooselick, she was shot in her Jeep. The Jeep went off the road, crossed the double yellow line, went off the road and into a very wooded ravine and she was pronounced dead at the scene, and her daughter Aubrey was fighting for her life at that time.
1: Yeah. You know, it's not just Brittany that was lost in this, she was also pregnant, and her unborn child was lost in this. And obviously, her daughter Aubrey suffered a wound in this as well and went through multiple surgeries, and thankfully is okay now. But it was just overall just an incredibly tragic incident to happen, and a very sad and unfortunate incident at that. Yeah, you know, I'd be curious to hear, like, what rumors have you heard? I know you obviously got to be careful about what you can say, but just as an insider, and I'm sure you've talked to many people about this, you know, do you have ideas going into this about what could have happened?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know what they say about opinions. It's the same as theories. Everyone has one. And they run the gamut. The biggest theory that ran through the rumor mill and really, I don't know that it's really died down. There are still a good majority of people that believe the idea that her husband had something to do with this, whether directly or indirectly. So we wanted to make sure that we were looking at every part of that rumor because it was such a big deal here. And then there were rumors of the potential of having something to do with payback for something, whether it was a payback because of something her husband did or something someone else in her family may may have done. There are theories that it was something to do with a motorcycle gang. One of the theories that kind of is the center of all this, which is what I just spoke about with what the biggest crime here is and it's drug related. So a lot of the rumors really have a foundation of something to do with drugs, whether it was owed money for drugs or retaliation or as Shane puts it in his own words, a message. So that's something that you know, going into this podcast as an investigative journalist and you Coming in from the outside and working with me as a local, it was so important to make sure that we don't necessarily buy into rumors, but that we are able to somehow debunk or validate some of these rumors. But you got to imagine in a case like this, like we go down rabbit holes, but law enforcement, they get tips and leads and constantly have to chase those in order to rule them out or look at them closer. So the rumor mills have probably helped but also hindered a lot of the investigation because, like I said, every rabbit hole we go down, law enforcement has probably gone down a million others. But something like this podcast could have the ability to take one of those rabbit holes, one of those rumors, and someone will hear something that triggers something in their mind and possibly come forward with the right information. And then obviously that's our hope
1: here. If I could just add to that too, and speaking with Sergeant Carlson, who's leading the investigation on this now, you know, I remember he made a mention of looking at this case, you know, on one hand it can look like a random attack and on the other hand it can look very directed. And I think a lot of what will play into this too is kind of a question of was this just a coincidence? Is that possible? I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, you know, two different coincidences are at play at least. And that is, as you mentioned, it was her dad's birthday. You know, what are the chances of you being murdered on your father's birthday? Could that just happen? Or was there a reason that she was killed on that day? And same thing then with the road rage incident. You know, like you can ask the question, what's the chances that you can be involved in a road rage incident in the morning hours and then later that night essentially be involved in another one, you know, at least an incident that led to her murder on the road. So it's wild. And and I think that's going to captivate people as we kind of get further into this is the possibilities and the ideas around is this coincidence or not.
2: Road rage is definitely part of that rumor mill also. But I I can also tell you that no one I've spoken to locally believes that this was a random shooting. I think that was an immediate reaction and thought when it happened and almost as quickly was diminished because we just don't have those things happen here. We don't have random attacks on people, not to say that it couldn't be, but as far as our investigation into this, it just does not look that way to us either.
0: Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale.
3: Got your happy price, price line.
1: So, kind of a two-part question here. I'm curious to know, first of all, what made you want to officially investigate this case? And then also, what's come out of that? And what can listeners expect out of the season?
2: Oh, I mean, putting it as simply as I can, Dennis, I mean, this is my backyard. These are my neighbors. This is my community. I want these answers too. And then in getting to know the Dotsons, I want answers and justice for them. I actually like to separate where I live and the stories I cover. But this one has gnawed at me for almost a decade. And the idea of us coming in and looking at this case and working with law enforcement and working with our family, it was a no-brainer for me. Because as a local... It's frightening. It's scary to think that there's a killer hiding in the shadows here. But it's even more terrifying to think that it's someone in plain sight. And as we get into this podcast, there are people that are going to tell me you know who they are. And so I want to find out for her family, for law enforcement, for this community. I want those answers. But like a lot of small towns... There are darker things lurking. Skeletons in the closet. And so for me, it's just been surreal to be digging into one of those mysteries right here in my own backyard. It's an interesting case. Brittany, by all accounts, everyone we've spoken to was just a wonderful person. And not only didn't deserve this, but neither did her unborn child, and neither did Aubrey. And whatever we can do to keep this case in the forefront of people's minds and don't let it fall into the shadows and keep it out there, the better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't say better. Yeah. One of the biggest things you can do is just get the story out there, make sure people know it.
2: And with that, I mean like you said, this case has been covered extensively by local media. A lot of information is out there, but I will say we have dug our heels in. We have dug deep into this case. There are things and people that you've not heard of, you've not heard about, that may tip the scale of someone recognizing something and coming forward. So this isn't the same story that you've heard before. I mean, we're still working on this investigation as we speak today. And we are actively working on it as the story continues to unfold throughout the season. So this isn't over for us. We're in the middle of production, post-production, and field work all at once. So it's exciting because as we release episodes, we could have stuff break in this case that would be live as we're pushing out episodes. And that's a little scary on the podcast production side, but also really exciting for this case and her family and the community. So call in to Brown County Sheriff's Office if you have any information, even after listening to these first few episodes.
1: So I want to expand on that a little bit in the work we have done so far and the people we've spoken to so far. What's surprised you?
2: You know what's really interesting about doing boots-on-the-ground investigation, it's when you talk to one person, it leads you to another person. And it's like putting this jigsaw puzzle together all along also working in tandem with law enforcement to make sure that nothing that we're covering or uncovering is going to hurt or hinder their investigation because that is the last thing that we would ever want to do here. But I will say one person who really surprised me in talking to them, and you hear from him right out the gate on episode one, is Craig LaBelle. What he witnessed gives me chills when I hear his interview. There was something that led him in the wrong direction and found Brittany and Aubrey to save Aubrey's life. Obviously, you and I met Aubrey last summer when we started all this But to sit down with her this year and actually talk to her for an interview, that little girl, beyond being a miracle for surviving and and not only surviving but thriving, that little girl, she is so wise beyond her years, the way that she thinks about things, how she believes in things, and just the way that she presents herself was pretty awe-inspiring. And I think that when you get to hearing her entire sit-down with us, it's going to blow your mind because she is definitely the beaming, bright spot, little sunshine, as her grandma would call her, or her mamaw would call her. You're going to know the sunshine of this podcast is speaking with Aubrey. And beyond that... Uh, We have a couple interviews coming up in future episodes that I think are going to just wow you. Like, what is happening here? There's just so many people in this podcast that have never spoken about this. And they felt like this was their time to talk about it. And obviously i find that an honor and a privilege that they wanted to speak with us but it's incredible the the emotion is still so raw almost a decade later you would think that this just happened
1: yeah no doubt if i could just echo that same thing kind of took the words out of my mouth there because yeah it really has been an emotional ride at least so far and that wasn't to be expected i mean same with me like i'm a pretty reserved person and And especially, as you said, in in this line of work, you try to remain that way, but it's had its ups and downs. The audience is is going to feel some of that as they go along in the story with this. You know, it's funny, when you came on at Resonate, you kind of brought the story along with you, and this was a story that you just felt really passionate about with it being in your backyard and and wanting to cover it. Originally, this was supposed to be more of a, a standalone podcast, not part of a series. And then, you know, I just got enthralled with it and sort of stole it from you, I guess you could say. And it's funny, you know, we mentioned that all the time, but it just felt right for culpable. And so just on the record, I just want to tell you, thank you for letting me steal this case. And I hope that keeping you as a part of it and leaning on you as my right hand on this, because I would be totally lost without you. You know, I hope you still feel fulfilled and and working on this and yeah, let's keep pushing forward and hope we can make a difference.
2: I don't believe that there is any stealing of cases involved. I'm thrilled that this case is getting to be part of the culpable podcast. It makes perfect sense as to where it fits. And I love the juxtaposition in this podcast where I'm the local and you're the outsider. And we come at this together. But at the same time, you know, we're both investigating a lot deeper into this case than than I ever have. And so to me, I mean, it's beyond fulfilling because this is a case that is just close to me in so many ways, because the more ears and eyes and people who are paying attention to these cases that aren't solved yet, the better for you and I, this isn't, oh, you stole this and it's going to be culpable now. It's like, fantastic. We already have a base audience of millions who now are going to get to hear Britney's story. So I love being a part of it. It is definitely a case that you knew I was interested in. And I'm thrilled that it is going to be the season two for culpable.
1: Well, Jessica, I think that about covers everything I have for you. Just any other Comments you want to make? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up?
2: In covering cases like this over the years, there have been people who reach out to me directly because there's a distrust or a fear of law enforcement or whatever it may be, or they don't want their name used. I want to reiterate that you can actually send tips in to the sheriff's office anonymously. So your name doesn't have to be involved in it. And I think that that's really important to remember as you're listening to this. If you are local or you hear it and you know something or know someone, but at the same time if you just have trepidation and you have a strong fear against reaching out to law enforcement, we would be happy to facilitate any tips, leads, anything and make sure that those get into the right hands at the Brown County Sheriff's
1: Office. I am so glad you hit on that. Yeah, that's really important. Absolutely, if you have any information, definitely come forward with it. Like you said, the fact that you can do that anonymously, I hope will encourage more people to speak up with with anything they might know. And again, yes, please go to the Brown County Sheriff's Office with that information and just a quick plug their website where you can find some more information on the case and where you can submit those tips. That's at County ohiosheriff.us. Jessica, thanks again for sitting down with me and doing this. I hope it helps the audience and learning a little more about this case and kind of what we're getting into this season.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I'll be getting out and hitting the road again the rest of this week to see what we can uncover and keep going.
1: So yeah, I'd be lost without you. Thanks, Jessica. Culpable is a production of Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13 written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper and produced by Jessica Noll. Executive producers are myself, Mark Minery Jacob Bozarth, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsey Our senior producer is John Street. Additional production by Todd McComas Editing, mixing, mastering and sound design by Dayton Cole, Pat Kicklighter Adam Townsell and Caleb Melcher of the Resonate Recordings team. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at resonaterecordings.com. Our theme song and original score is by Dirt Poor Robbins, with additional scoring by Dayton Cole. Our cover art is by Drew Bardana. You can follow us on social media at Culpable Podcasts. Show notes as well as bonus content can be found on our website, culpablepodcasts.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. And lastly, if you have any information about the murder of Brittany Stikes, we urge you to contact the Brown County Sheriff's Office by visiting their website, browncountyohiosheriff.us, where you can anonymously submit your information. Or you can contact Sergeant Quinn Carlson directly at 937 378 4435 extension 126 or by email at quinncarlson at bcoso.com you can also submit your information through our website culpablepodcast.com thank you for listening